Hey, Peaches. Hi, Peaches. Welcome to Let's Talk Peaches, the podcast. We're your hosts, Nicole and Lindsay. Let's Talk Peaches is a community where all humans come to have raw, authentic, open, and respectful conversations about various topics. Nothing is off the table. All topics are welcome. Get ready to dive in and explore the uplifting as well as the extremely uncomfortable. Be sure to come back and check us out every week. We put out new episodes every Monday. If you're new, thank you so much for tuning in and welcome. And if you're a returning peach, thank you so much for tuning back in. We appreciate that so much. We appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, we appreciate So much appreciation. All right, let's dive into the episode. Hello, Peaches. Hi, Peaches. Welcome back for another episode of Let's Talk Peaches, the podcast. We are so happy to have you here. Yes. Um, it Hope is you're doing so well. Mm-hmm. It is the middle of October. It's like we're creeping on the end of October. I know. So exciting. Mm-hmm. I, I'm getting so excited for Halloween. At yes. the time of this recording, we are kind of at the beginning of October. So, so what are you thinking? We actually have Halloween plans. Oh my gosh, yes. I For haven't had Halloween plans in, in so long. Yeah. Um, but we are going to an Ash Nico concert. What what? And I couldn't be more excited. If you don't know who Ash Nico is, look her up because and look her up and then and just have an open don't, mind. Yeah. Don't because she is a little different if you're oh, into like so, the Kiss so 95 good. if you're into like top radio things. But if she's a little I'll say aggressive. She can, she can it, her music can feel aggressive. aggressive. I but, think everybody, I'm sorry, Nicholas but, gave me the, <laughs> you keep cutting me off, girl. You keep cutting me off. Anyways, so, sorry. so if you, but if you keep listening to her and actually listen to her lyrics and actually like listen to her lyrics, I think you'll find she's so l- empowering. It's so, so good. Oh. The beats, the dialogue, the message, it just makes you feel like a baddie through and through. Oh, yeah. Through and through. Oh, my God. Anyways, so yeah, really excited about all of the holidays coming up and engaging in the festivities. I'm just like, I'm ready. Well, okay, so our Halloween plan is to go to the Ash Nico concert. Sure. Obviously, we're going to be dressing up. She has this whole, she had this whole series of Halloween, Halloween Halloween-y Music, music. Yeah, that was like, was that an album or just an like? Halloween I think if, one, I think Halloween she releases. Two. I think she releases a, a Halloween song every year. Oh, no, I think so. No way, because no, no way. That means she might. I'm getting so excited. I think. I think. I, I know. So I think she. She's got two <laughs> Halloween songs out, and I think she might she, be starting I think to three, three, three. Then, um, so she releases one every Halloween. I wonder the concerts. On, on Halloween. Halloween, so so I'm freaking thrilled. Um, I, I would be surprised if she doesn't release it sooner so that people can enjoy it for the season. Because once Halloween's over, then it's like, you know, fine, um, <laughs> fine. <laughs> I get it. I get it. I get. I get way too excited for concerts. Oh my god, me too. And then I get starstruck, and then I have to remind myself that they're just normal people, and right. that if they pass in front of me, I, you shouldn't, you shouldn't freeze up because yeah. those are your opportunities. That they're- happened to me when I saw Cherub. It happened to me when I saw an Imagine Dragon, the Imagine Dragons drummer walk past me. It was mm. like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. <laughs> and then the moment's gone, and then you've missed it. You know? Yeah, yeah. It should be in the moment. Anyway, wait, wait, wait. I want to tell the story though of the time when we went to the concert. The company that I used to work. For for, the CEO had like tickets oh to yes <laughs> he had tickets to like the he, chain smokers well no I don't think like I think he had tickets all the time and he wasn't going to use these or something and they were great seats and like he would he would do this every so often he'd be like I'm not going to the to the to this basketball game I'm not going to this thing I have a box seat or whatever first come first serve and like 
I so he was going to see the Chainsmokers. He had he had like eight seats. Yeah, he, he had a handful. He had yeah, like for sure six to eight seats for the Chainsmokers, and I like responded so quickly. Well, and you we weren't going them. to at first. I remember you saying like no, and I was like mm. free because it was like a Tuesday night. And it was, I, and it was I like hadn't a planned. It was a Tuesday night. We were far away from our apartment, and we had to go to our apartment, get, and, dressed. get dressed, and then go to the concert. So it was like it would have just split. worked out, but. It worked out. I was like, and we free tickets. We got there, and we were like, <laughs> he was like, just show show them my ID, show them this, and blah blah blah, and you'll sh- and you should get in. And so I go to the box, the tickets or the box, like where you get your tickets that are waiting for you. And they're like, but you're not him. I'm like, I know, but he's my boss. And I like all of this stuff. And they're like, okay, fine, just sign here. And. I couldn't sign. My hand was shaking. She could not. So much. She could and not keep la- her This cool. lady was probably thinking that I was an imposter. Like, this, I, this was... I, it I was looked, like, hand, you were don't have... fail me now. <laughs> <laughs> We've come this far. Please, just I just need to sign my name. <laughs> and, and I couldn't do it. <laughs> I had to have Nicole do it. Yeah. She shakily handed the pen to me. <laughs> Nicole, can you, please? Can you just sign for me? <laughs> I was I like, oh my no god. I have no chill. I have no chill. Oh my god, yes. It was just the, the adrenaline of the situation. I love live music. And <laughs> it was just the adrenaline. I love live music. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, it's the adrenaline of the fact that like we were, you know, Yes. I don't know. Like last minute no, plans, good. being sure. spontaneous. Right. Like it was very me, it was no, no 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 no. It was very exciting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho, we have a great episode planned for you today. Yes, we are so excited. We have Carla here to chat with us today. She is very inspiring. She has lived a lot of life and mm-hmm. she has a wonderful perspective on how to So many good nuggets in so, this conversation. Yeah, honestly. Like so many times where I was like, hmm, yeah. She she's a she's a wife. She's a mother. She struggled. She's struggled with mental wellness and mental health. She has BPD. She is an entrepreneur. She wears many hats mm-hmm. and she wears them well. Oh, yeah. um, but we're also super aware of like the tough times in life and we don't want to and super aware of not letting toxic positivity like overcome things, you know, um, she just has a gr- she, she has a great idea of like balance in life mm-hmm. and living through your dark periods and your dark seasons we talk a lot about the dark seasons Mm -hmm. and what that means and how to work through them and why it's so important to put in work Mm -hmm. and what is work yeah and how they can like and how to use them to propel you um further while in your summers and spring seasons and all of that good stuff we talk all about it we talk all about all about it we're super excited to share this one with y'all and uh and get your get your thoughts yes so without further ado we'll just dive right in BRB Peaches. All right, Peaches, we have the lovely Carla here with us. Hello. Hi, thank you for having me. Thank you for being here. So much for being here. We like to start off every episode by asking, what's up, Peach? How's your day, week going? Gut check. Yeah. How are we doing? We are feeling a mixed bag, if I'm going to be honest. Are are we answering that question honestly? Because I find oftentimes in the world, it's like, how are you? And we're just trained to do the automatic response. I'm fine. And then no one's really ready to be emotionally invested in the real answer. We're invested. Honest answers only, please. Yes. So I'm going to say it's a mixed bag. It's a mixed bag. And I think that 
that is life. There's so much to be excited and joyful about. And then there's other things that bring us down and weigh us down and cause us fear and anxiety. And those things can coexist. And I'm having a big week of those things coexisting. Yes. High highs and some low lows. I feel you in that one, personally. (laughs) I feel like I posted a story on our on our peaches wall like a couple of days ago and I was like you know half of me is really doing well and the other half of me is kind of struggling because I don't know why but like half yeah. of me is like feeling it and half of me is really not so I really resonate <laughs> yes. with what you're saying here yes well thank you for your honest answer so mixed yes. egg mixed egg I got <laughs> yeah. all the things happening <laughs> yeah we're living a full life yeah uh-huh. <laughs> all right so Let's dive in. We're super excited to have you on and chat with us. I was perusing all of your social media and your website right before all of this, and you have so many different topics of which we can talk about. Do you want to give a little download, a little bio of who you are for people who have never heard of Carla before? Sure. So I am Carla Arges. I like to call myself a bipolar and borderline warrior because Mm -hmm. those are two things that I battle with daily. I am the founder of Affirming Truth, which is really a ministry for women to encourage them to be bold in the purpose that God's given them. I'm a mom. I'm a wife. Mm, I'm a jack of all trades, really. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I think your, your relationship with BPD is really interesting. And for those who are not totally well-versed in bipolar disorder and BPD, can you tell us exactly what it is? Yeah. And and again, I'll say this is all from my experience mm-hmm. with many things. The personal experience with mental illness may be a little bit different. So this mm-hmm. isn't to invalidate at all someone else's experience. This is all from my point of view and just my my life. Bipolar in general is a mood disorder. It is um, characterized by periods of mania and periods of depression. There is a spectrum of bipolar, not that one is worse than the other. They're just different. I have bipolar too. And usually with those types of mood swings, they last longer but are farther apart where borderline can also have a lot of uh, mood issues, but it is a personality disorder often rooted in childhood trauma and how the brain gets rewired through living through some hard experiences. And it is more characterized by daily swings in mood. And with all of these things, there's a higher suicide rate, there's high suicide ideation, There's risky behaviors um, with drinking and drugs and sex and spending. And it is very challenging. With uh, borderline, there's a big sense of loneliness. There's a big fear of abandonment and rejection. There is um, a lot of emptiness and questioning identity, like who am I and what am I here for and Um, Both of these things can have periods of disassociation with them. And it's just, it's it's a big struggle and it's a big journey to get the right diagnosis, to get the right help, to get the right treatment. It is a journey. And even when you have all those things, 
it's still a journey day to day to learn how to manage and hopefully still thrive because I do Mm -hmm. believe that thriving is possible. I think that we have to accept that things may not look like how we expected. Mm -hmm. I had a vision for what my life was going to be and I had to give myself permission to grieve that vision. But that didn't mean that something equally as special could be formed. It was just Mm -hmm. different than what I thought and I had to figure it out along the way. How can I thrive with all these things working against me that make it difficult to hold traditional employment, that make it difficult to show up as a friend and as a mom? Mm -hmm. It's been a learning journey. Yeah. I think that's really beautiful of what you just said, though, of, you know, we can there is a way to to thrive and to have success in your life and be happy. But maybe that means letting go of the traditional view of what happiness or what routine or whatever else you want to call it looks like. And if we allow ourselves to let go of that and not hold it so precious and not hold it as like, you know, set in stone Mm -hmm. that this is the only way it opens up our uh, minds and ability to form whatever life needs to be formed in order for us to for you that's like yeah mm -hmm. like fits well with our with our genetic makeup mental health makeup what have you yeah I feel like that's that's like a reoccurring theme that we're always kind of coming back to with a lot of our guests Mm -hmm. is that you know this idea of this like the American dream or like this pattern that we're all supposed to be following and or this idea that we have for ourselves this vision that we have for our lives is not always sometimes maybe 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 you hit it on the head but like a lot of the times it's not actually what the universe Mm -hmm. has in store for us Mm -hmm. but like it kind of made me question or wonder what age do you think you were when you developed this that first vision for yourself and then how did you come to terms with your new reality that is ac- that actually seems to be the better fit? Well, you know, for a long time, I didn't have a vision for myself. I didn't believe I would live past 23. Wow. I had my first suicide attempt when I was 13. I really struggled with addiction and homelessness in my youth, mm. which are all not uncommon things when you suffer with mental illness and you're living out childhood trauma. I had a glimpse of a possible future when I was about 18, and I and I adopted this sort of society standard of what success looked like. If you go to university and you get a corporate job and yep. – and you work your way up the ranks in a corporate setting. Mm-hmm. And so when I was around 18, I thought, okay, I'm, I'm going to do this. I'm, I'm climbing out of the pit I am, and I'm going to do that. And I did end up going to university, which shocked a lot of people because I had been expelled from high school and <laughs> just, you know, struggled in the traditional settings of school. Mm-hmm. And uh, got a corporate job, and it sucked what little yeah. life I had in me out. <laughs> yeah, and I yeah. realized I couldn't do that. Like I was going to work every day, wishing to be hit by a semi, and mm. it was just not 
sustainable. And and I like to think about it like this. Like we talk a lot or we hear a lot about people saying you have to fill your cup first. You have to make sure your cup is full. And I think what we don't all realize is we all have different size cups. Mm. Yeah. I'm working with a shot glass. My cup fills out, empties out really quickly. I mm. don't have a lot to give. Where other people might be having like a big stein. Like we all have yeah. different size cups. Mm-hmm. And it's a really mine good point. does not stay full very long. So I have to manage my output in a very different way. Another way to think about it is like when we say we have lots on our plate, I, I'm working with a dessert plate, not a regular size plate. Yeah. And I sometimes get down on myself about that. I sometimes still have to talk to myself that, hey, I'm not an accident and how I've been made is not an accident Mm. and there's purpose in my life. There's wonderful things that can come from my pain. Just because someone else has a bigger plate doesn't mean my life isn't any less impactful to others if I choose to show up with impact. And so I've had to talk myself into that because, man, the comparison game is dangerous no matter where you are with your mental health. So really recognizing what are my strengths and being okay with my weaknesses. Mm -hmm. And I had to re-envision what my life was going to look like, getting back to your question. (laughs) Probably by the time I was in my late 20s and I realized this corporate thing wasn't going to work, I was a mom now as well, and I was starting to see repeating patterns of what I grew up with show up and how I was behaving, and I I knew I had to change that. I had to stop the generational trauma from continuing, and that meant I needed to change what was on my plate. I had to refocus and reprioritize what my day was going to look like in order to show up my best for my son. Mm -hmm. You mentioned having to talk your, like talk yourself into. Mm, I was literally just a note that I wrote down. Talk yourself into saying like, it's okay that my plate is different from other people and other persons. How, how did you, what was that dialogue like with yourself? How do you talk to your, talk yourself into that? Or how did you come to like accept and not, because I think a and lot of people, it, when, we're, if, when we're different or like when our needs don't match society's standards or like society's systems, we can blame ourselves and say, that's a problem that for me, that's my problem when really it's just who we are. And there's nothing wrong with being different mm-hmm. and not fitting into like the society that was built for very few people in this world. Mm-hmm. So what was the journey that you had to take to not only get to where you are, like get to where you are, but like actually accepting. So I have reached great levels of acceptance compared to where I was once before. But I do think that it's something that you have to constantly work at because there's always messages bombarding you from the outside world. I do mm-hmm. a lot of my work on social media. That can be a very dangerous playground for people that struggle with their mental health because of all the messages there. So for me, I am uh, very strong in my faith and I really had to draw on my faith. What does God say about me? Who does he say that I am? Why did he create me? How is he going to change this pain into purpose? Because I know that he will. 
and really trusting for me, God, to to speak into my life. Mm-hmm. And there's some very d- definite scriptures I leaned on in the Bible that pulled me through because he has promised to give me a future and a hope. He's said that he's planned me with purpose. He says he has good works for me to do. So, all right, God, let's get to it. Let's do yeah. good works. Let's let's get outside of myself and outside of my own head and outside of my own plans and let's put your plans into action mm-hmm. and making myself available and making myself surrendered in order to pick up what this new plan was going to be. Because my plan being a corporate bigwig in advertising Mm -hmm. was never going to happen. That Mm -hmm. was my plan. All right? (laughs) So God, what's your plan? Because my plan's not working out for me. (laughs) So would you say you're living in his plan now? Yeah, I would say I'm definitely more in his plan now than I've ever been. And I will – suspect that as I continue to grow, as I continue to heal, as I continue to learn, as I continue to surrender, surrendering is hard, that I will get more and more in step and in line with him. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like in when you say surrender, does that sort of also translate to getting out of your own head and just sort of trusting? Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. When you surrender sort of your will and your plan, it is an act of faith. That's trust. That's saying, I'm going to take this next step. I don't see the whole picture, Mm. but I'm trusting that there's going to be another stair on this Mm -hmm. stairwell as I go. Mm -hmm. This is really resonating with me. I feel like I'm in a, for me, it's universe. For me, it's manifesting and all of that stuff. But it's like a similar practice of letting go of the things that I've held on to, like this vision for myself that I held on to that I built when I was, I don't know, probably 13, mm-hmm. um, just starting to like have dreams and ideas for my future. And like kind of have lived, was lucky enough to make that happen for me, but like also wasn't 100% happy. Like there were things that I liked about it, but things that I wasn't 100% vibing with it. It wasn't making me 100% happy. So now we're kind of, especially this past year, has really shook everything up Mm -hmm. and also kind of given me an opportunity to let go. Shake-ups will do that, won't they? Mm -hmm. It clears the dust. It clears the fog. And Mm -hmm. what you have left standing is sometimes a really big eye-opener of where you should be going. Yeah. That, I don't know, like... I don't know exactly where I'm going to be in a year, but I do know that I'm going to, like, keep following the signs. I'm going to keep listening to the universe and listening to, like, the things that feel really right to me because those are probably the things that I'm supposed to gravitate towards. Like, those are probably things that are meant for me, and I'm just going to, like, be in tune with my purpose and try and find it out. And, like, maybe in two years I'll be living a very different life but that a, dif- a different life that feels more aligned with what I'm supposed to be doing. I totally get that. Like this year, instead of doing the traditional vision board where you put different things, I did what I called the posture board. Mm-hmm. What posture do I want to be in? What heart posture do I want to have this year? What 
mindset do I want to have this year? Um, So rather than listing individual accomplishments in terms of career or money or vacations or cars, whatever you want to put on a vision board, I thought about more who do I want to be? What heart do I want to approach this? Because I don't know where I'm going to be next year either, but I do know who I want to be next year. Mm. I really like that. I think that's like, I think that's taking like a step deeper into what we have all the things that we think that we want, but it's actually like, let's take a step back, think about the inner, and Mm -hmm. then that will affect what comes on the outside. Mm -hmm. I mean, at the end of the day, we want to be happy and we want to feel, I guess I should only speak for myself. At the end of the day, I want to be happy and I want all of my loved ones to be happy and fulfilled. And so I feel like, yeah. If I were to take a step back, I'm like, how do I want? I feel like I might put on my posture board. How do I want to feel in a year mm-hmm. and try and bring that in for myself? Because if I'm happy and I'm secure and I'm feeling and I'm filled up most of the time, even like a 60 40, you know, I'm calling it good. I'm calling it a good life. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love that perspective. <laughs> Did you make this posture board in the beginning of 2021? I did. So I How? have a word of the year, I have a verse of the year, and then I have the the word symbolizing the heart posture and the mindset I want to have. And how's it how's it going? It's going great. I have it <laughs> hanging above my bed, not above my headboard, but the foot of my mm-hmm. bed. Mm-hmm. So I see it. it when I wake up and I see it when I go to sleep. And with someone that has a mood disorder, and I've had my share of depressive episodes this year. It has been such a great thing that when I'm lying in bed depressed, mm. I'm seeing this word. I'm seeing mm-hmm. this posture. I'm seeing this verse that God gave me. And it has been incredible in helping me weather some storms. It's also been incredible in helping me decide what to do. Mm. What's my next step? Where do I want to go with my business or ministry? Where it's been like a roadmap that mm-hmm. has been way more effective than any time I've done a traditional vision board. Yeah, it sounds like every time you look at it, it brings us back to center, helps us re- like focus back on what our mission statement, if you will, is mm-hmm. or the objective is. Mm-hmm. It sounds like a really, like a really wonderful compass. tool. Yeah, I highly <laughs> recommend. Yeah. <laughs> Nicole and I are just like right after this writing. Just going to going make <laughs> Yeah. I'd love to hear a little bit more about your business and your ministry. And when did you start those? Did you start those this year? Um, I started last year when the okay. pandemic hit with no intentions of starting anything. And it just yeah. goes to show you how when you put yourself in the right posture and you surrender your plans, how sometimes the path becomes even more clear and you end up doing something that you never thought you were going to do. And mm-hmm. that's where I'm at right now. And it really started – I was – I was not able to function well in the traditional job force. I wasn't able to do the corporate thing. And so for a while, I fiddled around with network marketing. And the culture of network marketing just is not for me. It was very triggering. And I felt like I lost a bit of myself in trying to be who you were supposed to be to be successful in that world. 
And I did have some success in that world. It just came at a price that I wasn't willing to pay anymore. Mm. And so I decided that I needed to really figure out who I was. And I ended up doing a big Bible study on identity. Like, what does God say about me? Like, I don't know who I am. Part of that is from the borderline, always questioning who you are. Part of it came from trying to be someone I wasn't to have success in a world where I don't really fit in. And I started to get pages and pages of pages of affirmations that were biblically based and scripture to go with them. And I thought this this is so encouraging to my soul. I bet there's other women that could be encouraged by this. And so I started off by creating a deck of biblically-based affirmation cards and thought that was just going to be it. And from there, my scope expanded a bit, and I started writing Bible studies with me in mind. So I have Mm. a hard time with focus. I have a hard time with concentration. And sometimes Bible studies can be very intimidating. And if you struggle with mental illness – having the focus and having the clarity and having the concentration to get through some of the more traditional Bible studies is hard. So I wanted to create something that was simple for people like me. So I started to make downloadable Bible study guides and I became a content partner for the Bible app and I launched a podcast a couple of years ago. Yeah. And it's just been moving. Mm -hmm. And it's been great. Um, I had to let go of a lot of things though. So as I said, I started Mm. my social media presence when I joined this MLM. So a lot of my social media was about the area that I was working in for this MLM. And last year, I completely switched focus. I turned over my social media to be like, what is on my heart? What do I really have a passion talking about? Because talking came naturally for me. I didn't have any problem doing stories. I went live on Facebook all the time. Um, I just, I wasn't talking about something that was authentically passionate to me that set my soul on fire. Mm. And I realized that what I love talking about is mental illness and breaking stigmas and bringing light to it. And I love talking about my faith and I love talking about overcoming. Um, so I share a lot about my my struggles, but with through the lens of hope, not just dumping mm-hmm. <laughs> all yeah. complaining, but as yeah. a tool to encourage others that if I can get through this, you can get through this. Like what you're facing, I get it. You're seen, you're heard, you're not alone. And so I turned over my social media to start talking about those things and I've lost a lot of followers. And traditionally, Um, when you're starting something, you know, you're all about Instagram growth. And I'm actually about Instagram loss right now. And that was one hard thing, a hard pill for me to swallow. Like when I lost my swipe up, that was like, (laughs) (laughs) but I had to ask myself, am I here about a following I don't connect with or am I here for this purpose and I will trust that this message will reach the right audience and I may have to go through a pruning of sorts 
mm-hmm, in yeah. order to find my new people and grow again. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was a psychological component I had to release to that, right? No one totally likes sure. to see their numbers go down. No one no. likes to feel like, scary. oh, there goes brand deals and things like that. But it was the right thing. And sometimes the right thing for us is a hard thing. And sometimes mm-hmm, yes. the right thing for us comes with something that the world will say is not successful. I've never felt more successful, even though I don't have the standard success measures that the world wants to give you. I personally have never felt more successful. Yeah, I think we have to start redefining what that word success means. It's not a number. It's not an amount of money. It's not. It's like not a number of followers. It's not an amount of money. It's not it's your not job title. The things that you have, and I guess it is different for everybody. I'm like, for me, as long as I'm happy, I'm feeling fulfilled. As long as I have a place that feels like home, and I have connections and good people around me, and also I think a lot of our definition of success lies behind impact and like what kind of impact we're making yeah. do we feel connected it, with the it also probably making? has a lot to do with mm-hmm. like yeah your mm-hmm. purpose are you aligned with your purpose like i think that's a that's such a hard thing to do yeah that a lot of people don't get it right in their life until either much later in life or at all so i feel like if you can just i'm like I'm like, I just got to get in line with my purpose first. <laughs> yes. And then whatever happens from there is w- will fall into place. Like you'll find materialistic comfort, I will say. That's like second. Obviously, you want to be in a safe space, you know. Yeah. But like like for me, it's not as important. That's not, that's like a second step as for me right now. I'm like connections and purpose. Yeah. For me, it was like am I thriving? Am I mentally stable? Is the periods between my episodes getting longer? Are the times I'm in my episodes getting shorter? How is my son thriving? Is he thriving? Am I raising a son I'm proud to release Mm. into the world? Does he have a good relationship with me? Because I come from not great relationships with parents and things like that. Am I feeling like I'm aligned to what God wants me to do? Am I using the gifts and talents he's given me? And sometimes it can be hard to figure out what our gifts or talents are. I struggled with that Mm -hmm. for a while. And I'm starting to see what they are. Am I operating in my gifting? And and when you are operating in your gifting and when you're stable, when your home is happy, like that is success for me. Like Mm -hmm. that is success. And I feel like if you have a good foundation set up, like you have a happy home, you have a good support system, you've set yourself up the times when you're unstable or Mm -hmm. falling on harder times feel a little less scary. Not to, I'm, you know, they're still tough, but yeah less tough you have something to like you have something of comfort there for you and something kind of like your your posture board that you wake up to it's like in in this kind of dark space or time in my life I can go through it knowing that there's like some lighter things around me and that when I come out of this and like knowing that I'll come out of this they'll be there 
for me as well. And knowing that you're going to come out of it is a huge thing. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. for a long time in the midst of it, I didn't think I would come out of it. But through a lot of therapy and a lot of practice of my coping skills, I've come to realize mm. that these things are waves. The waves come, but then the wave passes. And that was a huge aha moment and a breakthrough moment for me to realize that, wow, this really was, will pass. And Mm -hmm. I've survived it before. I'm going to lean into my coping skills. I'm going to lean into what I've learned in therapy. I'm going to lean into my support system. And I will get through this. And it will be ultimately beautiful. Mm -hmm. Life will ultimately be beautiful. I've been thinking a lot about the seasons of time and how things really do change over time and everything, nothing is permanent and everything is over, like forever evolving and changing. And whilst that can be scary, it can also be very comforting for the reasons of, for the story, the reason of which you just stated. But even, even just like on a huge level, we went for a walk on the beach the other day and we were looking at these rocks and there was a little info palette that said, (laughs) this was from a glacier. So like where I was standing millions of years ago used to be this huge thing of ice, like, and now it's a beach. And so it's like the globe is not going to look the same in the next million years. And our lives aren't going to look the same where we are right now, where we are going to be in 10 years. and um, Or even in six months. Yeah. So I also think there's a level of it's never too late in there as, as well to... I. Uh, I it's funny that you mentioned that you lost a lot of followers um, when you sort of sw- start switched your what you were talking about to be more towards your truth. Because one of the episode that just went live this week with Sophie Gray, she mentioned the same thing as um, she was talking a lot about uh, she in the in the active active wear or um, f- health doing and fitness phys- community doing more like that workout was what things. Mine was too. <laughs> yeah, and then she moved more into the mental health space. Yeah, and she said she lost a lot of people, but since then she has made this like beautiful career of it and has I think gained a lot of her following back. But it's about losing the people like, that like what you said like a, a pruning or a purging yeah, that, of that that don't stand with your purpose Mm -hmm. and making room and inviting people in who are more aligned with who are going to who connect with what you're saying and align with your 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 posture Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah I love what you say about the seasons because it's true and sometimes we want to rush through the seasons right and who could blame us he wants to stay in a dark season long but Mm -hmm. I think that if we can become detectives in our seasons of what we can carry forward it can be amazing like winter is often seen as this dark season Mm -hmm. but there is stuff happening beneath the snow There are things that are getting ready for the spring. There is a renewal that's happening that we don't see. And if we can be detectives in our own season, even in the dark parts, to be like, what can I bring forward? How can this launch me into my spring? How can this launch Mm. me into my summer? Then we would be so much more wiser for that season. Yeah. I love that. The the saying, sometimes it takes a certain darkness to see the stars also comes yeah. to mind. Mm-hmm. It's when we're in those lower points, in those darker moments, where 
you really sort of see what you're made of and your character that's where that's where a lot of the work happens that's where all of the good stuff is forming i also i would imagine there's still a lot of dark times to ahead of me and sometimes you know because life is long and i'm human but i will but i also like i look back on my life and the handful of dark times that i've been through are and like coming out of those are things that i am like most proud of myself in in for like like when i think of myself i don't know i'm i'm most proud of that person having the strength to come out of it still being a happy person coming out of them still being a positive person coming out of them because not everybody and i would say that's because you did the work in the season i had a lot of dark seasons where i didn't bring anything forward because i didn't Mm -hmm. do the work during it Um, there's work to be done in every season, including the dark season. And what I've learned now in going through the dark seasons, if I do the work, there's gold to be found. There's that diamond to be found. Going through my dark season and working through it has allowed me to break off generational trauma from my son. Mm -hmm. It didn't start that way until I was willing to do the work in that dark season, until I was Mm -hmm. willing to mine that dark season for the good nuggets. Mm -hmm. So I really want to encourage people that in your dark time, don't let it be for nothing because it can be used for something. When we say do the work. Yeah, I was going to ask, is there a first good s- first step? Well, I'm like, I'm even just like, what exactly do we mean? Because some people may hear that and be like, well, am I supposed to go exercise? Am I supposed to like just spend time like thinking? Like what's <laughs> like what what do we mean when we're talking about the work? It's a lot of self-reflection in my experience is reflecting. And I think usually during dark mm-hmm. seasons, we're in such a rush to get over them. We don't actually connect with our deeper feeling. We don't connect with, you know, little girl Carla or little girl Lindsay or little girl Nicole. Um, we don't help them grow through that season because oftentimes when we're in dark seasons, it actually triggers our inner child and we don't do the work for our inner child. And so she stays locked and it, it holds us back in a lot of ways. So it's personal mm-hmm. reflection. How am I feeling? What am I thinking? Where is the silver lining? Mm-hmm. And I don't mean toxic positivity. I don't mean pretending. And I mean like what, what good can come from this and be intentional um, in the midst of this dark season? What can I intentionally be grateful for? In the midst of the season, what skill can I develop further? And it's asking ourselves these questions, like getting out the journal and journaling. And instead of numbing our pain, like we are such a society of distraction, we numb our pain, we distract our pain. But if we would really get in tune to our pain, we would learn so much, we would heal faster. And we would like do so much inner child work. Yeah, I definitely, I do a lot of journaling. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I do a lot of like sitting and listening to music. I think what I'm getting from what you're saying, what you just said was like, don't be afraid of the dark feelings mm-hmm. wherever they're coming from. Like spend some, spend a healthy amount of time because I think it can, there's that's a balance. Yeah. But spend like a healthy amount of time, like ref- like you said, reflecting on that feeling and leaning into it and understanding trying to understand where it comes from and sometimes that balance can come 
with maybe you have a guide and that's a therapist or like somebody mm. that you're talking through it so that you don't go too dark or too into too much of a scary place because like who knows why that dark season is there or how intense it, it may be for you. I like to think about it as you're going through a walk through the woods. Yeah. You're not racing through the woods. <laughs> you're not racing through the woods, but you're not setting up camp either. Yeah. You're walking through the woods. Oh, that's a good you're one. Paying attention to what you see as you walk through the woods. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a really good one. I was like, yeah, I could see myself being a little scared walking through the woods. <laughs> <laughs> I used to either run through them or I'd set up camp. Mm-hmm. Both are not healthy. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. I've seen many of friends feel a dark season coming on or be in a dark season and all of their doing is like trying so I can see that they're trying so hard not to feel the pain and so whether their their calendar is booked up they've always got something to do or they're like trying something new all the time or they're getting into a new relationship just to try and numb it or something Mm -hmm. and it's just it's like usually it comes back up either worse or like later worse or in a different way or it absolutely does if you don't do the work it will that's the only way you free yourself from it is to feel it and go through it it's the only way you free yourself from it because that pain that emotion that little girl inside wants to be heard needs to be heard needs to be understood, needs to be released. Mm-hmm. And unless we give it time to do that, it will keep coming up in different ways. I wish I had learned that earlier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I learned it now. Yeah. <laughs> I never thought of it as the little, like little Lindsay coming up, mm. which makes me kind of, I don't know how it makes me feel. It's making me feel a certain way, but I don't know. <laughs> Like that it's little Lindsay. That's Journal just, that feeling Yeah, later. I know. There's something to explore there. <laughs> but another thing, it's on, like I want to say it's on topic, but it's a little off topic. I think it's so beautiful that you've found a way to kind of like befriend this darkness, give a purpose to this darkness, and you have such like a great outlook on it. And you've also built these like really beautiful businesses and you've accomplished so much but how did you deal with like times of feeling defeated how do you deal with those times of feeling defeated and how were you able to push forward through and like build your businesses so I will tell you honestly that a week does not go by where I do not experience a feeling of defeat Mm -hmm. at some point it is a weekly regular thing I don't know if that's because of my mental illness. I don't know if that's entrepreneur life or a combination (laughs) of the two. But I will say there is not a week that goes by that I don't have moments of feeling defeated. And I have trained myself and I've had some help with a business coach in in helping me to retrain my thinking is – I tend to get so caught up on what didn't get done and what didn't happen and what isn't going right that I overlook my accomplishments. And it feels even funny for me to say the word my accomplishments. It, it, mm. I have a hard time celebrating or acknowledging things that happen that I have been able to produce. And so I'm learning to, when those feelings of defeat come in, to refocus my gaze and remind myself of how far I've come 
remind myself that in the midst of the pandemic, I started something new. I had the courage to start something new. Remind myself that I have written things that have touched people. Um, I have a book on Kindle. I I created a course on God confidence. Like I have produced things. So many. And I have to remind myself of that. I also have to lean into my affirmations. And for me, it's my biblically-based ones. But the way that you overcome feelings of defeat, because feelings of defeat are often lies, lies of imposter syndrome or lies of mental illness, whatever it is, it's often rooted in a lie that we have told ourselves or that we have allowed ourselves to believe. And so I take that lie, that thought captive, like I explore it when I'm feeling defeated, where is that rooted in? And I uproot it and I replace it with a truth. It's a really good tactic. And that's really how I go to battle with my thoughts. Because, you know, feelings come from our thoughts. If I'm feeling defeated, it's because I've been thinking a defeated thought. What's that thought? Let me figure out what that thought is and let me uproot it. In the Bible, we say, take that thought captive and I replace it with the truth. And that's an ongoing thing. And you can't just wait until you feel defeated. I would encourage you to speak truth and life Mm -hmm. over yourself every day so you're well-versed in truth. So when the lie comes in, you can identify it, Mm. say, I see you, I acknowledge you, but you don't get space in my brain today. Mm -hmm. Replace it. Yeah. I over this past year like over the past year and a half or so, I have really come to terms with how powerful it is to just really that technique of retraining your brain and affirming no, this is not the truth. I am a boss peach babe and like <laughs> this is like this is exactly like, you know, replacing it with what you said, replacing it with a truth. With a truth. It really works and it really brings something to the table and helps you realign your emotions and how you're how you're feeling because before I would just be like that's dumb like what are it's just words in but it's really not I think it really does work and it has like Mm -hmm. a very scientific moment that it's you know that's happening there it is. You're, re- you're rewriting your brain. Mm-hmm. You are rewiring your brain. Mm-hmm. Our brains are plastic and they're capable of being rerouted. Now, I have really deep pathways of negative thinking and that's why they keep bombarding me. But over time, I am rewriting them. I'm rewiring them. Mm-hmm. And it, it is absolutely, not only is it biblical, it is mm-hmm. scientific. I yeah. love when those things collide. Uh, yeah. Me too. The me best. too. My God, it makes me yeah. – I've never felt more aligned when I've been, like, sitting in a philosophy class or a psychology class or an existentialism class. And, like, people are just, like, listing out these theories. And I'm like, no fucking way. That's the thing that I experienced when I was going through that time. Before, I could, I would never have known all of this. But then you're just putting method to the madness that I experienced when I was 17 years old. It's crazy. Yeah. Just wild. But, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And I keep a message. I have some post-it notes on my fridge Mm -hmm. to help me with my imposter syndrome because I often think, who am I to have a ministry? Who am I to encourage women? Especially because women traditionally freak me out. (laughs) How, How did the audience that scares me the most become my niche? It's crazy. 
But hey, when you surrender your plans, I you know. know. Gonna happen. I, know. But <laughs> I have post-it notes on my fridge to remind myself that I have a voice and I have lived experience that is worthy of sharing in the efforts to encourage other women and point them to Jesus. Because my imposter syndrome is always like, who are you? Who do you think you are? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Imposter syndrome. She's a bitch. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But like, wow, are we, not that you necessarily need our approval, but even just like in this last 47 minute conversation, it's been great. And I feel inspired and I feel like it's, I think it aligns. I think you are more than within your right or power or whatever. Uh, thank you. To be doing this for sure. <laughs> so thank you. as we're sort of coming up on this hour mark, is there anything that we haven't touched upon yet that you like about your journey, about your business, about BPD, about motherhood, about whatever that you want to bring to the forefront? Um, I would just love to encourage women to be okay with their limits and really learn how to be strong within them. I think that we are living in a time where we're expected to be superwomen and have Mm -hmm. no limits. And limits are seen as weakness. We hear phrases all the time, like, if you can dream it, you can do it. Yeah. And that simply, in my opinion, is not true. We all have limits. Mm -hmm. My mental illness limits me in some capacity, but it also empowers me in another. And if I can focus my energy on where I'm empowered instead of hitting my head against where I'm weak, Mm -hmm. that's where the thriving starts to happen. So I want to encourage women not to feel bad about their, their limitations, but Everything has a polar opposite to it. So where you're limited on one side, you're empowered on another. Mm -hmm. So appreciate that duality and streamline yourself into where you can be empowered to thrive. I really love that. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it can be your initial gut reaction to – it's like, no, anyone can have, like, whatever dream that they want to have. Like, you want to be able to say that. But there is also, like, a reality that we need to recognize and, like, analyze. And a lot of the times I think that the things that we think that we want might not actually be what we need or want in the long run. And the things that are our natural superpowers, the things that we are naturally drawn to, the thing that we excel in, and that is the polar opposite of our limit usually – is where you will thrive the most. And I think it's all sort of connected in that way. Sometimes we spend too much time trying to be everything. Mm -hmm. We miss the mark on being truly exceptional and one amazing thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, that is a wonderful little bow to tie off in the conversation. We do a segment on our podcast called Peachy Clean. And it's when we ask our guests to sort of confess or come clean about... Uh, anything so sometimes it's an embarrassing story i've got so many stories so i have to be mindful that my son might listen to this <laughs> listen when you've had a past like i have you have stories but you know i'll, I'll keep it on the cleaner side and just okay. share uh an embarrassing moment oh my goodness oh i got so many embarrassing moments okay. love it for us 
Okay, this one has to do with poo. Okay, Love it. let's let's, let's hear, hear it. it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm trying to think of which poo one because I have a lot of poo <laughs> Don't we all? Okay. Don't we all? I'll, I'll I'll keep it on the safer poo stories. So okay. when I was pregnant and in labor, I kept saying to my husband every time I was having contractions, "I think I'm pooing. I think I'm pooing." He's like, "You're not pooing." This was before the pushing. Mm. And we went to the hospital, and I still had some time, so they put me in the tub with the hot water to try to relax during contractions. And I kept saying to my husband every time I got a contraction, I think I'm pooing, I think I'm pooing. He's like, Carla, you're not (laughs) pooing. And then all of a sudden, I had this big contraction, and bloop, to the top of this water, a big log showed up and just started floating there like a submarine. I'm like, oh, my God. (laughs) I had to get a nurse. This nurse had to help me out of the tub naked. She had to disinfect the whole area. (laughs) Like, whoa. It's like, you know, we're all going to be there. It's like a brown submarine surfacing from the deep under. It was so embarrassing. (laughs) Don't they say everybody poops when they're in labor? I feel like that is – We are all waiting for – if you poop when you're pushing, they just clean it up and you don't notice it. I was like sitting in the tub, all yeah. of a sudden I was in my own poop water. My <laughs> husband saw it. The nurse had to help me out. It became this whole big disinfection thing. Mm-hmm. And you know, well, you knew your body. You knew it was coming. Yeah, you were yeah. aligned with something. You're like, it's I- gonna happen. <laughs> Let's be prepared. No yeah. shame in the poop game. No shame. No shame in the poop game. Listen. None. I've pooped my pants a few times. I cannot have shame in the poo game. <laughs> none. None. Life happens. Life happens to all of us. That's all I'll say. <laughs> well, and you got your son out of it, so I'm yeah, sure it was yeah. all worth it. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, now you're all peachy clean. Thank yeah. you so much for sharing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, thank you for having me and giving me a platform to share about poo. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime. Anytime. <laughs> Well, thank you so, so much again for coming on and chatting with us, donating some of your time to the Peach Pod. Do you want to roll through where people can find and connect with you? Yes, sure. I am most active on my personal Instagram account, Carla Arges, but you can also find me um, on Instagram under Affirming Truths. That's where my podcast goes. And you can find me online at CarlaArges.com. I would love for you to sign up for my newsletter where I share encouragement and keep you up to speed on the blog and the podcast and the shop and all that kind of stuff. Amazing. And as always, Carla's, all Carla's links and goodies will be in the show notes. So definitely head over and give her some love. Um, Thank you again so, so much, Carla. Thank you, ladies. All right, Peaches, that does it for this week's episode. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so, so much to Carla for coming on and sharing all of her lovely wisdom with us. Definitely go out and support her. And while you're at it, give us some love. You can find us on Instagram at Let's Talk underscore Peaches on TikTok, IG. Um, Subscribe to us on whatever podcast platform you're listening to us on. And if you happen to be on Apple Podcast and you want to, you know, leave a five-star written review that really helps us grow and gets our podcast out there, you can head over to our website, www.letstalkpeaches.com if you want to find out more about us and maybe snag some merch. Again, helping us grow. We really appreciate you tuning in every week we will see you next monday bye, bye, bye peaches. Peaches. wonderful